Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Perfectly Balanced podcast, where one of us is the master and one of us is the apprentice, and you have to figure out which one is which. I am Mitch, and with me today is Anthony. Hello, I am the master. Well, that was quick. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, so yeah, um, and the excellent intro music you just heard was by uh, Julian Michaud, a longtime fan of our old website, Gamer Sushi. So thanks to him for making that for us. I'll be sure to link to his SoundCloud in the show notes. So much appreciated uh, for making that for us this week. Yes, thanks. It's awesome. Uh, we love it. Yeah, it's great. Um, so yeah, I guess quick introductions slash refreshers. So for anyone who is kind of familiar with Anthony and myself, we used to be on a podcast called The Gamer Sushi Show back uh, a few years ago i think our last episode was in 2018 um, i think so yeah it's been roughly that long yeah the funny thing is we actually recorded up to like 100 episodes it's just nobody ever edited them so they never came out so there's like 10 lost gamer sushi episodes just floating out there in the internet yeah and they are fantastic they are like the great like you know how like the great albums are the ones you've never heard it's like that trust yeah. us you'll never hear them but trust us <laughs> they're, they're like our white album um, yes except if the white, white album hadn't come out if the white <laughs> album hadn't come out yeah well i've never listened to the white album so who knows oh my god <laughs> see we're already off to a good start um does, so yeah, does blink 182 have like a color album that you can listen to instead like the brown album <laughs> the brown noise album uh no, that's actually primus has a brown album <laughs> okay fair enough that doesn't surprise me actually no, uh so it's... yeah so we we decided to wait a whole year into the pandemic to start our own podcast so i feel like our restraint should be acknowledged yes we waited till all the other white people dropped out although <laughs> i am only half white and technically a person of color so you know mitch is the white person who doesn't like the last jedi that, yeah, that's true. I felt like there wasn't enough uh, mid-30s white people out there who disliked The Last Jedi, and I wanted to, I wanted to add my voice to that crowd. Yes, they, they, they need you to speak for them. They've been silent for too long. Okay, before people get an impression of me... <laughs> no, no, no. Mitch, Mitch is, he's one of the good ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, that, that works the other way. So you can say that about me. Um, that's right. Yeah, so I guess I should say, like, I... Okay, I don't want to get too into The Last Jedi because I know we're going to do that eventually as like a longer thing. I appreciate some of what it was trying to do and I don't dislike it for the reasons that a lot of people disliked it on the internet. Okay, fair enough. Okay, we'll we'll break break that down later. Um, But we all know that the best Star Wars movie is Attack of the Clones. (laughs) Yeah, we do know that for sure. Mitch has been drinking. I, I have a little bit um, for the last 15 years. Anyways, um, so yeah, we were talking a little bit and we decided that, you know, we were tired of just messaging each other endlessly on Slack. Endlessly on Slack. Um, so we would get together once in a blue moon and record a podcast and put it out there for people to listen to. So this is the first episode. Um, there's no set schedule. It could be like three months before the next episode. We have no idea. It, it could be two weeks. It could be three months. It could be, you know, it'll just be when we have stuff to talk about. I'm definitely thinking we're going to schedule one after Black Widow comes out. Um, but there'll probably be one, I imagine, between now and then, too. Probably, yeah. We uh, Anthony's got a really interesting idea for ranking the MCU movies, and him and I differ on a few uh, key ones. Key ones, yeah. So, uh, some controversial opinions maybe had on this on this podcast about movies. Uh, so you got that to look forward to. Um, but I guess for the first episode here, uh, 
you know, I think we'll talk a little bit about video games since that is our, our background. So, Anthony, you are one of the lucky ones. You have a PlayStation 5. I do not. Uh, so would you, can I live vicariously through you? How's it, what are you playing on that PlayStation 5 of yours? I'm playing Returnal and Resident Evil 5, sorry, Resident Evil 5, Resident Evil Village, uh, which is Resident Evil 8. Um, I'm curious to see how they title Resident Evil 9 because they always have to do it now with the title hidden in the sub, like the number hidden in the subtitle. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Returnal is what I was playing up until Resident Evil came out yesterday and I'm going to pause on Returnal until Resident Evil is finished. Because uh, Resident Evil is the kind of game that's like, this has a set end, and Returnal is a game that's like a roguelike, so I don't know when or if I will ever be able to finish it, because it is hard as motherfucker. Yeah, so that, I guess that, I guess that's the first thing I want to talk about with Returnal is, like, so you posted that uh, clip of you beating that boss in our Slack, and also on Twitter, uh, follow Anthony Taylor underscore on Twitter to see this amazing gameplay. It's uh, Edgewalker81. Is it? <laughs> Yes, yeah, change that. Oh yes. no, that changed. All right, I'm going to cut that out. That's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you should follow Anthony on his Twitter to to check this out. So that looks hard as hell. So basically, as far as I could tell, you were jumping around and shooting a man who was firing balls at you, and what I can only describe as like an Icar is it Icaruga? Uh, yes, very good. Yes, Thank it you. is. It it is a bullet hell type shmup third person shooter which is really a weird combination that um, weird. but that's kind of the background that uh, house mark the developer has where they they made tons of games like that like rezo gun and um there's another one i'm blanking on right now uh next monica uh, next machina i think but yeah. um it's so it's like a roguelike where you know when you die your progress resets and you know some things stay the same um but for the most part you're starting from scratch and but it's like third person so it's really fast action and there's a lot of bullets and enemies shooting at you and you can there some are blue and some are red and you can dash through the blue ones and you're invincible when you do that but you can't dash through the red ones so it's a lot of um just trying to be aware of what's happening and you know like when you're playing like a traditional like Ikaruga uh which is one of the hardest fucking games like I've I've played a lot of Ikaruga this last summer and I'm on level two. So <laughs> it's, it's tough. Um, but you know, when you're playing a game like that, it's usually, it's a 2d game. Uh, so you can see all the bullets coming at you in right. a, th in a 3d game like Returnal. You can't always see there's enemies off screen who you're not looking at. that are shooting you from behind and from the side. So you'll be sitting there like, Oh, I'm wailing on this guy. I'm going to kill. And then you get killed by somebody else and you want to just scream and you know, just get yeah. really mad at the game and break your $70 controller. Yeah. Um, that, so honestly, that sounds like a nightmare to me. Like, it's just it's being endlessly shot at from every direction and you have to, like, constantly be swiveling around all the time. Like, is there any, like, downtime or are you just always shooting? Oh, yeah. No, there there is because um, you'll come into a room and there may not be any enemy, any enemies at all. Um, but, you know, the, the rooms are... The layout is randomized, but the rooms are like kind of always the same. So after you die like ten times, you've probably seen all the rooms in that particular biome that you're going to see. Um, it's just the order that you come across them. But the, the you you can explore. There's a lot of exploration, and you get as you beat bosses, you get like items that then sort of like Metroid allow you to explore. Like oh, I could never get to this part of this room before, but now that I have the grappling hook, now I can do that. That kind of thing. Right. Um. So it's hard because like i mentioned with the 
the rooms changing every time and there's a random element to it so you the weapons you find are random the enemies you come across are random so you'll be like oh I'm having a good run or I'm playing really good right now but I just ran into a room with the toughest enemies with the shittiest weapon and now I'm fucked and I gotta start over again Jeez. and unlike a lot of other roguelikes um, you have to sort of beat everything all at once and you can't save um, so like I guess if you were to beat the game I think one sitting um, would take like four to five hours maybe oh, which man. I don't I have to, I have two kids I can't I don't have time for that shit yeah you don't um, yeah, nobody I, mean, has, I, literally, I, I argue that nobody has time for that yeah I literally unless I take a day off yeah. I literally <laughs> would not have time to beat this game and I understand like the idea behind what they're you know what their structure of the game is but I think if you just had like a like a quick save you know, you know like a quick save where like you can load it once but once you load it, it you know you can't reload from that spot um, so if, like if I let's say I clear a room of enemies and then I save because I need because the baby's crying for three hours like she did the other night um, if I come back to that and load it I can't reload it from there you know if I die I have to save again from a different place I feel like having something like that would not harm the intent of their game and I think they should definitely patch that in because as of right now I'm not convinced that anybody on that dev team has kids I mean probably not or like they've just been in such crazy crunch that they forgot they had them yeah uh, at a like certain it, point yeah so it's just um it's one of those things that like I'm that's that's the other reason I stopped to play Resident Evil is because um well I was getting really discouraged because the second area I found the second area and it's hard I mean I was just not making progress and you know you can choose to rush right back to the second area you know, after beating the first boss. Um, or you can go and try and clear out the first area again and get more weapons and get stronger and get more health and then go beat the second boss. But that obviously increases the amount of time you're playing in one city. Right. Yeah. So um, I ended up on the first try. I, I, I finally got to the second boss and I beat him on the first try, which is a miracle. That's the clip that is out there on Twitter. Right. And Anthony so that Taylor made me feel... right? Yes, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that made me feel good because one, it's a good stopping place before I segue into Resident Evil, but also it just, okay, like, I think I can play this game and, and beat this game. It's just going to take, you know, a lot of effort, uh, and everything, but, uh, yeah, it's just, so I may wait until they patch in the save or I may just have to like play it in little spurts or whatever. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess that's kind of the conversation. I, I've seen that around the game too. So I like... Full disclosure, I don't have a PS5. I don't have Returnal. I haven't been able to find one. I would like to get one. Um, so I've just been kind of like reading at the edges of like what the conversation is around the game and like listening to Anthony uh, or reading about Anthony talking about it on Slack and obviously this conversation. And I, I guess that's one of the things I really appreciated about Hades was that they let you save when you got to different rooms so you could like stop a run and then pick it back up because like also in Hades runs would take you a few hours well I guess by the time you got good at it it would definitely take you less and less time but you know what well, Hades would, you could take you a couple hours uh you could beat Hades um I'm very bad at Hades also oh no by by the time I beat I did the thing where you you have to be to get the final end of the story in Hades you have to beat it 10 times mm -hmm. and I did that and by the end I mean, you could beat it between 30 and 45 minutes. Yeah, um, the, run, the runs definitely not, got quicker and quicker. 
Yeah. Um, so that's like manageable. That's bite size. Sure. Um, I guess that's just the last roguelike I played that had a saving function. So I guess it's kind of like my context for and it. It is. It is a great saving function. Like Hades is the best roguelike I've ever played, mm-hmm. uh, both in terms of like gameplay and story. But um, but yeah, like it did not harm the game to be able to be just like I'm going to stop in this room and I will come back tomorrow. You know that kind of thing. Like it yeah. doesn't harm like the uh, the atmosphere and the experience they're going for. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely, if I was them, I would err on the side of do what Hades did. Like, yeah. hey, everybody, do what Hades does. I, I feel like that's a good rule in general. Just just copy whatever Supergiant is doing. They seem to have a good idea about stuff. Oh man, they're so good. They're one of my favorite developers. Like any game they make, I'm like, I'm in. I'm yeah, in. Un- unheard of. I, I love their art so. style. I love their gameplay. Their music. The music is always so good. Yeah. Did you Did you ever play Pyre? Uh no, I didn't. Oh, you need to go back and play Pyre. I do want really, really good. I do want to go back and play Pyre. That one that one slipped by me when it came out, but after Hades, I kind of wanted to go and back into their catalog and and check that one out. Um, but I guess just kind of to get back to Returnal, uh, that was our quick super giant Hades love fest. Uh, yes. But just to get back into Returnal, I don't know. I'm sure House Mark has said something about why they didn't have a save function. I guess like it was probably part of their, like you said, it was probably part of their design of the game to make you do entire runs without saving. But I don't know. I think we're, especially with roguelikes, I think we're kind of past the point where they need to be this like really niche type of game that you have to do all in one sitting. Cause I remember back when roguelike roguelikes were getting really big, that that was kind of like their thing, right? They were super hard. You had to do it all in one sitting uh, and it seemed like every indie game was a roguelike at some point. So I, yes. definitely, I definitely got kind of sick of that genre. But I mean, like, this is like a, a big budget AAA roguelike, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It feels like um, like the kind of the B games that they don't really make anymore mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of, like, what kind of game it is, but in terms of the, you know, graphics and the... Uh, the polish and the presentation it's more of a triple a game for sure yeah I, I saw a few people saying like this is the first real playstation 5 game and i'm sure some of that is like the typical hyperbole but like the stuff i've seen in the, the game it looks gorgeous oh it is it is i'm very glad that i have like a uh what's it called a 4k tv now <laughs> <laughs> how many uh, how many because... k's are in my tv eight i don't know yeah there's a ton there's you mentioned and this is just like a question that I've always had that none of neither of us can answer, but you're right. Like a lot of indie games do that roguelike thing, and I feel like wouldn't that be harder to do? Where like a thing where like it's random and you don't really have a you know like bespoke levels. And I feel like that would be harder to do than just to be like, here's the level. This is what it's always going to look like. Uh, but they but so many of them do it that I guess it must just be easier for them to make random rooms and levels. I don't I don't know. It's just. It's just a strange thing. It's like it seems like it would be more work. I feel I feel like it is like I said. I'm saying less work in air quotes, um, just because I know that like making video games of any any kind is hard work. So I don't want to mm-hmm. I don't want to make like an, right, an right. implication that developers are lazy or something like that. Um, so I guess kind of the thing that makes it like simpler to do is that you get a bunch of like preset tiles for levels and then you just kind of let the game build that out instead of making bespoke levels so you lay the foundation for the game and then the game just kind of like populates it as you go along instead of you making it all in one go i think i i assume that's how it works yeah i guess i just always would be thinking like what if there's some like game breaking thing where they can't progress because of you know something like happened but i guess there i guess there's ways around that 
you know yeah that's actually and obviously they test it a lot yeah that's actually something i've never considered like what if your what if your level generates itself in such a way that it's impossible for the player to progress like right, c- yeah, certainly with so. random level generation there's got to be like a one in astronomical chance that you could just like get a level that doesn't work exactly and i guess you die and start over that's roguelikes baby exactly that's the name of the game yeah solves itself um so yeah so i guess i guess returnal like returnal fun but on the back burner until there's like some way to save mid mid run right right Right, exactly so i'm now on to resident evil village right and we're, we're gonna break from tradition here and we're not going to discuss lady dimitrescu in depth no no she does nothing for me all right, you hear that? Because you hear that internet? Fictional back off. Character because she's a fictional character in a video game and I haven't had it, and I haven't wanted to have sex with one of those since Mass Effect 2. You know what? That that's fair. Listen, I'm not out here trying to yuck anyone's yum, but I feel like the conversation about tall vampire mommy has been done to death. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It's, it it became like a thing where one person did it maybe as a joke, and then it just became a performative internet thing where you never know who is honestly turned on by her. Yes, exactly. Um, and also, I'm sure and that's that, fine because I don't want to know. Yeah, me neither. Like those those people can, like those people can go off and have fun by themselves. It's like uh, this trailer for the next Destiny season just came out, and there's like baby fallen in it, and like instantly, just the internet was inundated with like baby fallen pictures. It was cute for like five seconds and then for the the last week it's been like okay i get it like just stop you're you've beaten this to death you've took it you've taken something good like nine feet tall vampire ladies and baby fallen and you've ruined it i feel like the internet the cycle of the internet beating something to death is getting shorter it's going to be like the same day like like for me it's usually the same day (laughs) i hear about something in the morning and by the end of the day i'm like i want to kill every one of you you're you're over Um, it like everything is just a perpetual milkshake duck cycle Yes, I hope that this vampire tall lady ends up being racist. (laughs) 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 And it it turns out the way you beat her in Resident Evil Village is you go back to 2010 and dig up some problematic tweets and get her canceled. And we just cancel her. She just gets canceled. Yeah, that's. (laughs) You just cancel Lady (laughs) Dimitrescu. Yeah, that'd be the best way for this story to to end. But no, I've um I started playing. I've I've only played about 45 minutes of it because um I was really tired last night because of the baby, and then tonight we're doing this so I didn't get a chance to play it mm-hmm. uh, today. But so far, it's good, and it's creepy, and it reminds me of Resident Evil 4, which is what I think they're going for. Um, I don't... There's a thing, like... Th- this is, like, the very beginning, so s- slight spoilers for the very beginning of Resident Evil Village, but, like, his... um The main character's baby, who's, like, six months old, gets kidnapped, and I don't like that because <laughs> I have babies, and I just don't like anything with babies in danger and stuff like it just doesn't sit with me so i'm kind of like like i really want to get the baby back but also like nothing better fucking happen to this baby or i'm gonna be pissed off like i just don't like that kind of stuff yeah i imagine i I imagine it hits differently yeah yeah it really does but um also did you play resident evil 7 no i didn't the last resident evil i played was five and then okay yeah and then longtime gamer sushi listeners will remember our, our resident evil 6 um series that Countdown. was kind of, that, that was kind of a meme yeah six minutes with resident evil six uh and then that ended up being bad so i kind of fell off resident evil i heard seven was good it was kind of like a reinvention seven a was bit. fantastic 
fantastic. Uh, six, I, I played the demo of it, and I was like, oh my god, this this is bad. We need to stop talking about this game on this podcast, because this is bad. <laughs> um, but Seven was great. But in, in Seven, um, the main character, who's the same main character in this game, uh, he gets his hand cut off, and then it just gets like kind of like stapled back on, and he's, oh god. he's fine, and he just works it out and in this game in the very beginning he gets like two fingers and like half of like the outside of it bitten off by a werewolf what and i'm like i'm like can we go maybe five minutes in these games without this guy's hand getting maimed like the 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 time to maim is even shorter in this game than it was in the first game is george lucas involved in this with all the hand mutilation or what's going on I know, right? You'd think that uh, this guy has the death sentence on him in 12 systems. <laughs> There's a Star Wars joke because yeah, it's called it the is. Rule of Two podcast. So, yeah, yeah, we have to do something like that. We got it in um, there. Never tell me the odds. Yes. Uh, but so far, the first 45 minutes, it seems fine. It looks beautiful. The facial animations are absolutely some of the best I've ever seen. Um, but I don't have a lot to report on that now. Maybe next time I'll probably have beaten it by the next time we do a podcast so we'll talk about it more then yeah sounds good and i think i think by that point both of us will have tried mass effect legendary edition i assume that you're going to get that as well oh i am going to get that and there's a good chance um i may be taking a couple days off to play some resident evil returnal and mass effect like in like a, a span of like a couple days uh just to get all that like out of my system <laughs> oh nice that's gonna be sick um yeah, yeah so i'm very I, I, I like I like how that's where it is. Like back back like a few years ago, we used to just be like, yeah, I played this game and I beat it during the weekend. And now we're like, okay, I got to book out two days. I got to take two days off work, send the kids to your mom's. I'm playing video games. Yeah, that's pretty much how it has to be these days. Because yeah, I was work I was working from home and it was great. Because you know, I'd have a little time during the day uh, before the kids got home where I could play some games and knock some out. So I finished a ton of games. Yeah. We were and playing now, uh, call of duty pretty regularly as well. Yeah. Call of duty and all that. We did a ton of that and mm-hmm. played, I played so many games. I beat every single mega man game. There is, um, the traditional ones, not the weird ones like battle legends or stuff like that. Right. Um, but, uh, now that I'm I've recently, I've been back at work for two weeks and I'm like, man, going from having a lot of time to play to play video games to, maybe an hour a night depending on how tired I am and when to time the kids go to sleep is uh it's an adjustment so daddy's gonna need to take a couple days just to <laughs> get some you, time here that uh you know unlike most people you're eager to go back to last year so you can have that that freedom uh, yes um, to, to sit inside and play video games paradoxical I know yeah it's last year personally was not the worst year of my life <laughs> no me, me neither which, which is a weird thing to say because i know a lot of people had it very hard um yes but for, yes it was very rough for a yeah, lot of people yeah um but you know for those of us who were fortunate enough to not have our lives disrupted too much other than transitioning to work from home it was definitely a good opportunity to play video games and you know what you got to take those opportunities where you get them exactly yeah so I guess yeah. So I guess that was our vi- our video game corner. Um, but we'll we'll have more to talk about in the future. I mean, I'm not playing a ton of different games right now. We'll get to the game that I'm playing later as part of a different uh, topic, and maybe it won't be a surprise to some of you what game I'm playing. Uh, see if you can guess <laughs> now. Uh, so I guess uh, before we get to that though, we want to talk a little bit about um, kind of the recent stuff that's been happening in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, of course, uh, you know, WandaVision and The Falcon and the Winter Soldier have both come out, and Marvel dropped its uh, big teaser of what's coming up for Phase 4, I guess, for the next few years. Um, yes. Uh, there is a, a lot. That, that trailer was neat because it was like, uh, hey, look how big our theater dick is. 
<laughs> that's exactly. I mean, that is exactly what it's like. I feel like that's kind of a response to like this whole. I don't. I don't know if it's a direct response, but it, it feels like a response to that whole like Justice League Snyderverse thing. It's just like, oh yeah, you guys got like a four-hour mediocre movie. Well, here's like ten movies that'll probably be at least decent. Yes. Here, here's a bunch of movies that while they may not wow you, they may not blow your mind, you're going to have a good time during them. It's going to be two hours of, you know what, that was enjoyable. There was yeah. witty banter, there was good action, and uh, you know, we can all go home and, ha- and like feel good about ourselves. And, and at the end, the villain fought a person with identical powers to him, and really, isn't that everyone's struggle? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, any, any moments of tension or um, anything, anytime it gets too serious, we'll do a, a, a nice little quip and all the tension will be broken, and we won't have to feel bad about a holocaust or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, if, if a city if a city is destroyed, but Tony Stark has something funny to say, I feel like that really helps me digest what it, I've just seen. You know, half the people in the universe disappeared, but Rocket Raccoon made me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They they know what's yeah. up. They know what's up. They they know how to do it. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so that was. Uh, I'll just we'll just run down the list real quick. I've got it in front of me. So yeah, Black it. Widow in July, which I'm very excited for because that was a movie I was kind of like, you know, I'll see it because I see all of them, but I wasn't excited for it. But now that we've like gone so long without one, um, I'm like, Black Widow, baby, yeah, we're going to, I'm going to like bring my father-in-law over. We're going to like pump up the bass system on the, the speakers and get beer and popcorn and send the kids out of the house and just like, let's watch Black Widow. Dude, I know exactly how I would have felt a year ago. No, me neither. Here's the thing. This makes me feel like such a, such a shill. But, like, because it was a year between Far From Home and, like, WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter and Soldier, like, when the Marvel fanfare and the title card came on screen, I was like, oh, man, yes, this is what I'm here for. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm a corporate chill. I'm excited about logos. But know, it just, right? it just feels like, like coming home in a way. It's so, like, familiar. It is. It's like, oh, my God, a new action sequence I haven't seen before. This will be great. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't want to turn into those people like the uh, the nerd crew or whatever the Red Letter Media podcast is, where they're just like um, making fun of like uh, Star Wars and Marvel shills. But I mean, there there is something about the MCU that is like no one's been able to replicate it as hard as they've tried. So no, it when... is it is a one of a kind thing, and you know it's it's an incredible achievement, and it's the kind of thing that when when we were kids, specifically when I was a kid in like third, fourth, fifth grade, when I was really reading a lot of comic books. Uh, I absolutely would blow my mind. It still blows my mind. Because, like, even the worst MCU movie is, like, you know, it's enjoyable. Yeah. You know, we'll go over this when we do the rankings, but, like, even Age of Ultron, which some people are like, oh, it's one of the worst ones. I watched it, rewatched it recently, and I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's it's a little weird. Yeah, we'll go more into it. It's it's a little weird, but it's fine. You know what? I was thinking about this the other day. I'll just say this now because I don't know if I'll remember it when we do a later podcast about it for sure but um the thing with the age of ultron is the trailers made ultron seem so sinister and like evil and he in the movie he was just like a whiny teenager who's real insecure <laughs> about himself and it's not what you expected like the rest of the movie was like you know still there was other issues with the movie but i think that was like the main one and now watching i rewatched it recently watching it divorced from all those expectations it plays better and i think it's like i think it's actually aged better than you think i i see i always thought that ultron in the movie was supposed to be like the dark mirror of tony which is kind of why he's like kind of sardonic yeah so it worked for me like that was my impression anyways i don't know if that was actually what they were 
trying to do, but I don't know. It's Josh Whedon. We can't ask him now. He doesn't exist anymore. No, he's he's yeah. Much like Lady Dimitrescu, he's been canceled. That's right. Uh, yeah, well, the, so anyways, I guess the, the less the, said about the, Joss Whedon, the better. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I make jokes on Twitter all the time. I'm like, wow, he sounds like an. I just I tweeted one tonight. I was like, he sounds like an awful jerk and a complete asshole. I'm still watching the Nevers. You know, I still love Firefly. Sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's you um, got to separate the art from the artist, and I guess like I'm not making any apologies for Joss Whedon. I feel like I need to like clarify <laughs> a few of yeah. the statements I've made here tonight. Just like I'm not making any well, excuses for Joss Whedon, but. A person well, can make a... art that you enjoy and not be worthy of praise, if that makes sense. Exactly. The and yeah. there's a lot of people who work on those shows and movies. It's not just a one-person thing. So yeah, exactly. I'm not going to stop watching something because of one person on it, unless that one person is Jai Courtney because he is a charisma black hole and I can't <laughs> watch anything he's in. He's like he's like the discount. Uh, I, you know what? I've forgotten his name. The guy from uh, Sam Suicide Worthington. Squad. Yeah, he's like, no, yeah, he's a discount Sam Worthington. I was going to say Joel Kinnaman. He's a discount Joel well, Kinnaman. Well, the thing is, Jai Courtney is in the Suicide Squad. Oh, my God, you're right. They're both in it. <laughs> yes. Oh, he's no. like Captain Boomerang He or is Captain shit. Boomerang, you're right. Ugh. Like, God, D- DC character names after, like, a certain point. Like, they're cool for a little while, and then when they get bad, they get really shitty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I that's, still kind think... of, that's kind of like Marvel, still... too. Man, I've been watching Invincible, and... Uh, the animated show on Amazon and some of the names in that is like you did not try at all like there's a girl who turns into a monster her name is Monster Girl Uh, there's a guy who's a robot his name is Robot Uh, there's a guy who lives for a long time his name is The Immortal (laughs) Mm, okay those are all on the nose but none of them are as bad as Reverse Flash which is the stupidest name I've ever heard for a villain because Reverse Flash should be slow Instead, he's fast. <laughs> or yeah, he should right. only go backwards. He should only go backwards. What about Professor yeah. Zoom? Is that better? I like Professor Zoom better than I like. Well, no, because you can't do that now because Professor Zoom, because because of Zoom, uh, it has a whole different context now. So it just sounds like a guy who's really good at like <laughs> like like web meetings. <laughs> he can hack into any Zoom call on the planet and disrupt it. That's right. All right. Let's get, um, let's get so back. Next, let's get back to the list. <laughs> yeah. So the next one is Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which comes out in September. Um, I don't know anything about Shang Chi, but I'll still see it. Yep. Because uh, I didn't know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's my favorite Marvel movies. So um, that looks good. I like I like uh, martial arts and action and Marvel. So what can go wrong, right? Yeah. It looks it looks fun. Yeah. I don't know anything about that either. I didn't even know he was a character until. The, like this movie was announced apparently the the person playing chang chi uh like campaigned to be cast as that character so it's super cool that that worked out for him so hopefully that's good yeah hopefully the movie's good it looked the trailer looks like a lot of fun yeah yeah that was a good little teaser uh the um the next one is the eternals uh which uh and oh by the way just i don't like i could go google about shang chi and everything but i like to not do that. I like to not read the IGN things like everything you need to know about Shang-Chi before you see it. And I'm like, how about I just see the movie and the movie will tell me everything I need to know. How about that? Um, so the same with the Eternals. I don't know anything about the Eternals, but I know it's got Angelina Jolie in it. And um, was it Rob Stark? Yep. Rob Stark. <laughs> Rich, R- Richard Madden and uh, Salma Hayek. Um, oh, oh, Kit Harrington's in it too. I forgot. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's got Jon Snow as well. So that'll be fun. Uh, 
they're like I think because Marvel's leaning more towards the cosmic stuff now because uh, it's hard to stay in your local neighborhood after we've had Thanos come and invade the planet and kill everybody. So uh, the Eternals that'll be fun. Um, after that is Spider-Man No Way Home in December, uh, which might this have one, every Spider-Man. This one I'm nervous about. Uh, yes, and I think I think we're nervous about it for the same reason. And I, I guess like I'll go like I'll say it, and then you can you can tell me if you agree or not. But yes, I feel like after Into the Spider Verse mm-hmm. was a massive success, won an Oscar, great movie, loved it. That Sony l- took a look at their live action Spider Man and said, "Oh, we'll just do that again. Uh, we'll take whatever story we had for Spider Man three that was set up after." Far From Home, which I guess is Peter getting his identity exposed by Mysterio. Chuck that out the window. We'll get Toby in here. We'll get Alfred Molina in here. We'll get Jamie Foxx in here. uh, And we'll just make our own Spider-Verse. But with, you know, Tom Holland. Yes, it feels definitely like a reaction to, oh, why don't we just do Into the Spider-Verse ourselves? And that makes me nervous because it doesn't feel like the, like like you said, like the, the correct, like the next movie based on what happened in the previous one. Yeah. But, you know, there's a couple that, like, it's still being produced by Kevin Fe- Feige. Feige. How do you say it? Feige? Feige. Okay. Yeah. Feige. Uh, it's still being, so, you know, he's not an idiot. Uh, it's still being written by the same people who wrote the other ones. Yeah. Um, so they know what they're doing. Still got the same director. So it's not like that team just lost their mind or anything. Um, but it does make me a little nervous. But it also does fit with, like, um what they're doing with like you know the next movie after that is doctor strange in the multiverse of madness so if you started doing the multiverse they're doing it in other movies and they hinted at it in you know wandavision and stuff like that right so it feels like it's sort of on brand for what they're doing in the in the larger mcu so maybe it'll come out okay um i don't know if anybody's excited to see jamie fox as electro again uh, except jamie fox except jamie fox they're not painting him blue this time i've read that that's that's good, I guess. Yeah, that's probably um, for the better. Uh, as long as he doesn't act like Jim Carrey's Riddler, <laughs> I think we'll be okay. Yes. God, that was uh, such a that was such a weird movie. It was because, and it's a, you know what? I really liked Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. I think he did like you know he did the quips really good, and mm-hmm. he was funny. Um, so I think it's a shame what happened with that series, but in the end, it probably all worked out for the better. I, th- I so, think so. May- I, maybe I not like for him, but whatever. He's not on this podcast. No, exactly. Andrew Garfield, if you want to come on and talk about how you feel about Spider-Man, you know, reach out. Uh, our people will talk to your people. Uh, I'm just I'm just worried that uh, it won't feel as, like, authentic as the last two movies. Because the last two movies felt like they understood Spider-Man kind of in a way that, like, Spider-Man 3 and then the Amazing Spider-Man movies kind of didn't. Right. Because, like, I didn't hate Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man either, but those movies definitely did not understand Spider-Man. Like, they made Spider-Man, a, a, like, a character of a predetermined destiny, which he's not. He's just a kid yeah. who got superpowers, and they made it like, oh, his dad was planning all along to turn him into Spider-Man or something. It felt weird. Yeah, it, it, it felt like a really weird, like, I don't think these people know. It felt like they'd only read, like, maybe the Clone Saga oh of Spider-Man <laughs> and nothing else. And yeah. maybe seen Man of Steel, and and that was all they had. Um, but yeah, so I, I I hope the next one. I hope this new one is good, obviously. But I'm a little apprehensive about it. Yeah. So apprehensive is coming word. out. It's also, it's weird that it's coming out in December, but I guess 
I guess, you know, hey, Marvel is going to be year-round from now on until they catch up on all their movies. Yeah, for um, sure. So after that is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which I believe the Wanda, Scarlet Witch, will be appearing in that one. Yeah, so here's the interesting uh, thing about that. Um, did you see that Rolling Stone article? Apparently they had to rewrite WandaVision. Or no, they had to rewrite the Doctor Strange movie because they wrote Doctor Strange out of WandaVision because he was originally supposed to show up in the finale. In the finale, yeah, and uh, save yeah. her and they didn't want... Which I which I agree, it would have it would have taken away from what was going on in that episode. So it was probably a good idea. Maybe you could have maybe had him appear after like all the action was over, um, but it would have been meaningless at that point. So they yeah. probably just decided it wouldn't do it. But yeah, um, it it was probably a good idea that they did that. Which is good that they're just not trying to just shoehorn in people for with cameos just to make people on Twitter go, <gasps> you know. What, um, what, do you, what do you mean Mephisto didn't show up and Reed Richards wasn't the the aerospace engineer friend and they ruined WandaVision yeah I, I mean there were people like just expecting like I mean Reed Richards yeah, I know, really, I know. Pe- <laughs> people expected Reed Richards to just show up I know in and, WandaVision I know as like, soon as Monica Rambeau was like oh I have an aerospace engineer friend I'm paraphrasing I don't remember exactly what she said and instantly people were like oh that's gonna be Reed Richards I'm like you are out of your goddamn mind if you think they're dropping like, Reed Richards. It's like people don't know how to watch movies anymore. Like, look, the Marvel fandom, like on Twitter, on the internet, can be annoying. They're not like, I to my, they're not as bad as like the my my Twitter, the Star Wars Twitter, <laughs> where, <laughs> like which are insane. But when they do pop up, they can be really annoying. Um, and this was one of their most annoying things where I was like, you guys just like, y'all don't know how to watch things anymore without expecting everything to be connected. So yeah, yeah. Reed Richards, I th- I'm pretty sure Reed Richards will show up in fantastic four and not before then. You know what? That's probably a safe bet. Um, yeah. do you want to, do you want to talk about WandaVision super quick? I guess while we're kind of on the topic, just like generally. Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I know some people didn't like like the first couple episodes where it was just straight sitcom e stuff but i thought it was really cute and charming to see these those characters and actors acting like those you know in those ways or whatever yeah so i was in even though like the first episode is like one little hint of something you know larger i think at the very end but other than that it's just played straight as a sitcom from the 50s uh i was like i thought it was cute i thought it was enjoyable and then as it started to reveal itself and you know the mystery unfolded or whatever um i thought it was great i had a really good time with it and i thought it was uh yeah i thought it was a great way to bring those characters to where they needed to be for the next phase of the marvel thing i just looking back now like my only criticism of it is like oh so vision which was like a heartbreaking death is undone now because even though he's different He's still around. He's going to be around now. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's um, he's just out there. I guess the white and, the white like, vision. Yeah, and Black Widow died, but we got a Black Widow prequel movie coming. Right, and Tony and Stark is apparently like, supposed to be in that. So. Yeah, so like they just can't let people be dead. Like in order for death to mean something, we have to not see that person again for it to like to feel the loss, and they just can't seem to let that go. But it is comic book movies. Yeah. So. I'm kind of complaining against the wind here. Yeah, no, no one. What did you dead. think? Of, what did you think of it? Uh, I liked it too. I also liked the first three episodes. I feel like it was a good idea to drop them all three of them at once. 
because mm-hmm. even with dropping all three of them at once you can kind of see the conversation going like oh what what is this show doing what is the point of this i hate these like you know cheesy classic sitcom type of style i i really enjoyed it i thought it was very cute and charming like kind of like what you said i also liked how there was a hint of like uh, something sinister going on when like um uh eric foreman's mom deborah joe rupp i think is her name would break character yes and she was like yeah. begging them to like help the dude who was choking it was very like creepy and unexpected i thought that stuff was great where the series fell down for me is when they opened it up into the wider mcu stuff and they introduced sword and things like that like the director of sword i can't even remember his name uh generic yeah me either generic mcbad guy and at the end of the sh- at the end of the show he just went completely off the rails from like okay this guy's kind of a dick but he's got a job to do and at the end of the end of the series he was just like i'm gonna shoot kids yeah <laughs> I, yeah. I i understand the ending got rewritten due to covid and I'm sure a lot of TV shows, like we'll talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that also had its own COVID-related issues. But I feel like, you, you know, you could have found something else to do with that guy other than having him like point guns at children, <laughs> which was kind yeah. of a weird choice. Yeah, it seemed a little heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I liked what they did with Wanda and, and Vision. I like that Vision's conflict was resolved with a with a philosophy discussion. I felt like that was very on point for him to discuss the show yes. with Theseus and like they definitely had the whole Marvel flying slap fight between him yeah. and himself. But yeah, I like, I like how that ended that, I think that was very clever. I think it was a good, um, series to start the Disney plus stuff off with. I know it wasn't supposed to be the first one. I know it was mm-hmm. supposed to be Falcon and the winter soldier, but because of COVID they had to switch them around. Yeah. And I think it was good. Cause it was like, Hey, look, we're going to sometimes do weird and different things and you're just gonna have to go along with it. Yeah, I think I because Falcon and the Winter Soldier is definitely like the more traditional. It felt like Captain America three point five kind of. Yes. Yeah, and then and yeah, you're right. This is like okay, we're gonna experiment here. I'm really looking forward to Loki. I feel like that could go in some interesting directions based on what we've seen. Yes, that could get crazy. Yeah. Uh. So, so next is Thor: Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. uh, May of next year, and this is one that's like, I think like. I think everyone's excited for it because we all loved Ragnarok and everything. But I think this is like quietly shaping up to be like almost an Avengers type movie. It kind um, of feels like in terms it. of like in terms of who all is going to be in it. You know, you got you've got Thor, you've got a lot of the the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be in it. Christian Bale is in it. Natalie Portman is in it. Um, you know, uh, Valkyrie's most importantly, in it. Valkyrie's in it. The most important thing is that Korg is in it. Yes. Um, Russell Crowe is going to show up in it. So, uh, you know, I don't really know what it's going to be about or whatever. Um, you know, we have some ideas based on things that happen in the comic books or whatever. But I'm this is probably my most anticipated one um, other than Guardians 3. Right. Uh, just because, like, you know, of, of all the people who are going to be in it and who's making it and what happened with the previous one and everything. So I think it'll be uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I, yeah, I definitely get the sense of this movie is in danger of being overstuffed but i mean the last movie had the hulk in it and that didn't that felt right i think i yes. feel like they handled that well so we'll see and i i think yeah i think natalie Portman's character is supposed to go through the same arc that she went through in the comics where she did become thor for a few a few issues you know how it is with comics they're like oh yeah big, yeah big change comics has changed forever they sell 50 issues and they're like okay thor is back and he's thor again so Yes, Superman is dead. No, he was just asleep, like really asleep for a while. Yeah, he was. He was, was real like, tuckered out, guys. He had to carry. We forgot. 
we forgot to leave him out in the sun because <laughs> we forgot he's solar powered. Yeah, we put him in his black so suit. Then, he'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just put a nice little solar panel on his chest. He'll be okay. Yeah, he'll he'll be he'll be good. We'll 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 hook him up to a Tesla battery. Uh, he'll be fine. So uh, next up is, and this was a surprise uh, in terms of the title, is Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, which I think is a I don't know anything about the movie, obviously. Um, but it sounds like a great title based on everything that's happened. You know, the obvious tragic uh, death of Chadwick Boseman. Right, for sure. Yeah, um, that that was that was a blow, I think, to everyone because he he kept he kept his diagnosis a secret from basically everyone. Like they didn't know when he was filming the movies yeah. and stuff like that. So the fact that he was able to bulk up and perform those, you know, the role of Black Panther, like undergoing treatment, like that's incredible. Like. Yeah, and he was he was great. Like he brought such a nobility. You know, he wasn't the most quippy of you know the Marvel heroes, but he brought just such a regal and like nobility to that character uh, that you know it's gonna be hard to replace him for sure. Yeah, he was, uh, but, he was a great presence as Black Panther. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, uh, I don't you know the, the character of uh, T'Challa won't be replaced, but right someone will assume the Black Panther role again as someone has now assumed, you know, the Captain America role again. Uh, that's just, I think, the way it works, you know, in comic books and everything. Um, but I'll be really curious to see what happens with this because it's, it's one of those things like the, like how they're going to solve this one, right? Yeah. And how they're going to do this movie will be really interesting to see. And Ryan Coogler is a great writer and director. So if anybody can do it, he can do it. Oh, for sure. I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like a lot of this movie is going to be mixed up in both the legacy of T'Challa as a character and Chadwick Boseman. Uh, I, yes. I feel like it's going to be pretty safe to say that there's not going to be a lot of dry eyes in the theater when this movie comes out. Uh, no, it'll probably be like, uh, what's the Fast 8 or whatever, which is the one where Paul Walker, you know, was, you know, died before it. So they had to like, they, the, movie, the whole movie was basically a tribute to him kind of thing it'll, it'll probably feel like that yeah it'll feel like that and, and at the end you know they'll get in the car and they'll drive in opposite directions yes yeah. and I by the way for people who don't know I absolutely despise the Fast and the Furious movies yeah, but and, even I cry during that part Anthony does so, not like the Fast and the Furious movies at all they are, shit, they are <laughs> shitty movies for shitty people I, I like that's them. right so now you know, now you all know where we stand that that's been our only fast and furious discussion on this podcast but and that'll probably, that'll be the only one yeah yeah but i i'm super curious to see how they handle this movie because obviously when you know the star of your main series your main star of the series passes away and you don't like i think recasting yeah they're not going to do it i feel like that would be the wrong move but kind of how they pick up the black panther series from here i think that will be super interesting right to see. So, some other character will take on the mantle of Black Panther, but yeah. you know it won't be someone else playing T'Challa, which would be, I think, wrong. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, there will be a Black Panther, but there will not be another T'Challa. Exactly. Um, so after that is the Marvels in November of next year, and I had to, you know, when when I saw that, I was just like, oh, is that another team? And it was only like I had to sort of Google and like, oh, so it's going to be Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, and um, whoever. Uh, Monica Rambo's character is it Monica Rambo? Yeah, no. it's Monica Rambo. Yeah, okay, okay. I, I thought I was trying to remember her mother's name. Uh, I know so I'm gonna feel really stupid if that was her mom's name and like I did not remember her first name. I feel like it's Monica Rambo though. It is. It is Monica Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. Her mom was 
Maria. Maria. Okay, okay. there we go. All right. Okay. We, we're thank, keep, we're keeping you. our nerd cred card. Yeah, gotta. It's hard to remember this shit. It is. Um. So I mean, it's literally the movie that's playing on in in front of me right now. So you would think I would know. But um. So yeah, so it's gonna be those characters uh, together, uh, which will be fun. I like like. So it's Captain Marvel two, but from the title, you don't know it's Captain Marvel two until you know right. you realize. Oh, it's all those people together. Um, so that'll be fun because uh, I really liked Captain Marvel. I know some people didn't like it, um, and I know some people did, but they kind of put it in the middle. But like, I thought it was one of the best. I, like when I first saw it, I was like, "Well, this is like a top ten MCU movie." I, I really loved it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far personally. I definitely did like Captain Marvel uh, when I saw it in theaters, and then I, I watched it again a few months later on digital, and I was like, "Yeah, it's okay." It's it's definitely it's definitely a good origin movie. I don't know if I would put it in the top ten though. Yeah, I I'd have to see it uh, again and obviously be paying attention to right. it more than I am right now, which is not at all. Um, but I I thought Brie Larson was really because I didn't really I don't I think the only thing I'd seen her in before this was Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Yep. And, and she looked she looks so different in that movie that it's almost she's almost unrecognizable to me. Um, for some reason, every time I see her, I'm like, oh yeah, it's Brie Larson. But I thought she was really funny and witty and everything. The, my biggest complaint about the first Captain Marvel is that uh, all of the songs are like exactly the songs you'd expect if you were going to say that was in the 90s. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? They're like, it's like the most on the nose thing. And I think this was, I can't remember if it was before or after Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was set in the 60s. And it was like none of the songs you would expect from, you know, a 60s soundtrack. Uh, it was like the stuff that just played on the radio like the deeper cuts and i was hoping they would do that uh but they didn't but it was it was i thought it was a fun movie and yeah it's definitely a fun movie uh just probably not in the top 10 for me but the, like the once upon a time in the hollywood thing like that's very tarantino that that's like he, he would be like oh you think you guys know the 60s you know jack about the 60s man let me tell you about the 60s especially in hollywood exactly exactly uh so after that in Feb- oh hey the day after my um 43rd birthday hey there you go will be Wait, hold on. 42nd, wait. Two years from now, 42nd birthday. I can't do math. Wow, you really um, are getting up there. Uh, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which I assume uh, has something to do with the quantum universe. I, I feel like Just that's a shot in the bad. dark there. Yeah. Uh, let's see what's uh, going on there. Um, so that so that's a, that's a movie I'm kind of whatever on. Because I feel like the ant, like I like I like Scott, I like Paul Rudd as Ant Man. I feel like the character's great. I feel like the movies, his solo movies, are like those are definitely middle of the pack movies. They're not. Yes, th- yes, they're not. They're not bad. They're, they're they're the kind of movies that they're good when you're watching them, but you forget about them when you're not. Yeah, they're like they're the Marvel movie formula, but like too refined. They're like you watch them and it just kind of washes over you, and you're like, did I even watch a movie? I remember. Yeah. Did I ha- I had fun but I'm not absorbing yes. any of this. Yeah, exactly. It's That's pretty much a, a good way to describe it. Um, so yeah, not too much more to say about that until later. I know Kang the Conqueror is supposed to be in that. Right. The guy playing him it was Jonathan Majors, who was in um, Lovecraft Country, which I loved. I need to watch that. Show. I need to watch that. It's really good. The, the finale is a little... It's not like bad or disappointing. It's just kind of like exactly... Like it's very predictable. Finales like, are hard. Exactly. Yeah, um, but it's a great, it's a fantastic show. I loved it. Um, so then after that, in May, 
uh, is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which uh, I'm super excited for because my favorite movie, spoiler alert, of the MCU is Guardians Volume 2. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. you can't I don't go know, wrong man. with those characters. I don't know, man. <laughs> the, those characters are just so, so enjoyable. The, char- like, the characters are great. The Guardians 1 is amazing. I don't know about Guardians 2. It's good. The first time I saw... The first time I saw Guardians 2, I was like, this is a little indulgent and, like, overlong. I may have gone a, a little far this... in a few places. Exactly. Uh, as a great director once said. <laughs> but um, <Gungus. laughs> the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, I like this a little better. And then every time I've watched it since then, and I've watched this one a lot, I'm like, this movie is just fantastic. It's just because it is maybe a little long and overwrought in places, but everything in it is very earned Mm -hmm. and it's like um there's no like shortcuts in terms of what the characters do and it all leads to like um really i think satisfying and emotional places uh and i just i just love it and i think the soundtrack is even better than the first movie so oh for sure and that's that's a key thing i especially like the um wham bam shanga lamb uh whatever that one is i really like that one yeah that, that's the weird thing to me about james gunn is like the emotional payoffs in his movies are like really well done the emotional stuff between starlord and, and both his dads my two dads like that stuff that yeah. stuff hits really well and the funny thing is with james gunn like you look at the movies where he came from like the trauma stuff and slither and like super i don't know if you ever saw super yeah. uh, uh no i've heard about yeah it. you watch some of his older movies and you think like this is the same guy but yeah he can he can pull yeah, it off it's yeah, it's it's one of those things where, um, you know, I tell people just because somebody's made a movie like this before doesn't mean they can't make a movie like that. You gotta sort of give them a chance to spread their wings and everything. For sure, uh, that, that's another movie I'm looking forward to is the Suicide Squad. That's gonna be on in a couple months just because he directed that. I feel like that has the potential. If he did not direct that, I would not give half a shit. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, he is the only thing like, and then and the trailer was funny. So it was like, okay, good. This is going to be a very fun, enjoyable movie, and you know, it seems different enough from Guardians that he's not just rehashing, you know, the the tone and everything. Um. So the last movie on the list here is one we have a, we don't have a date for, but it's Fantastic Four, and as we all know, Reed Richards already appeared in WandaVision, so right. Uh, this will probably be really predictable and everything. Obviously the fan choice for this is John Krasinski and his wife, Emily Blunt. I feel like that's too obvious uh, though. And Kevin from the office will play the thing. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Brian Baumgarten. Okay. That would be good. I would see that. R- R- Ryan will play the human torch. Yep. And uh, Michael, and Michael Scott Mindy. is Dr. Doom. Yes. And Mindy will play um, that scroll that he falls in love with. Right. So, and by Michael Scott, I mean, uh, Steve yeah. Carell. He is a real person. Yes. Um, so that'll be fun. My, um, my wife is very skeptical of the Fantastic Four cause she's seen the other, <laughs> the other two Fantastic Four movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I dragged her to cause I'm like, look, honey, the first one wasn't good, but it's got Jessica Alba in it and I'm not missing this. Look, it's, so, it's got Silver Surfer. It's got Galactus. He's a giant space fart cloud, which is always a good choice. How can you go wrong? Yes. To, yes. Like. You should definitely make him nothing like the comic books. That's really the way to go. Yeah. I was sitting there like, I hope the giant man in the shorts shows up. <laughs> they didn't do it. And the stupid helmet. Yeah. I hope he's here. Yeah, so she's skeptical about it. But I told her, I was like, look, to the people who are making these Marvel movies, the Fantastic Four is super special to them. They are not going to let 
it'd be a failure. Yeah, it's Marvel's you first know? family. Like that's their name. I, exactly. Like it really means a lot yeah. to Kevin. To, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna call him Kevin. Yeah. Right. Because I can't say his last name. Um, We're sorry, Mister Feige. It, it mean, Feige. Okay. Um, it really means a lot to him. So they're gonna make sure that, like, I have confidence in them. Yeah, and it's John Watts as well, right? He's the Spider-Man director. Yes. Yes. He's he's directing it or whatever. And uh, and just to finish up, uh, I'm just gonna list the TV shows that are upcoming. Yeah. Do because it. Because it's. It, I just took me to this list when I clicked on Fantastic Four because it doesn't even have its own Wikipedia entry yet. Get on that, nerds. Okay, so coming up, I'm not going to even list the dates here, but we got Loki. Mm-hmm. What if? Uh, which is fun because I always loved the What If um, comics when I was a kid, and this one's What If is animated, I think, right? It here. is, yeah. Um, so I like I know I know there's a push like among the geekdom that oh make make more animated things whatever i still like live action better than animated um as a kid everything that we ever watched was animated we always wanted it to be live action and i'm still not over that i still prefer live action to animated even the star wars shows um like they're just not the animated stuff just doesn't hold my attention quite as well as a live action right thing. yeah the mandalorian is on a completely different level than say the bad batch exactly yeah. And um, I tried to watch. Um, I really look. I've seen both Pacific Rim movies in theaters. I tried to watch that Pacific Rim Netflix anime, and while it looks beautiful, the kaiju aren't as impressive when they're animated. Yeah. Like Godzilla. I watched. I tried to watch the Godzilla Netflix movie, and it's just, it's not as impressive when it's not a real thing. Even if it's just a guy in a suit, it's still cooler when it's real as opposed to a cartoon. Right. Hundred percent. Anyways, uh, then we have Miss Marvel who. I don't know anything about her because I think she existed after I stopped reading comics. She just has stretchy powers, right? Oh man, you're asking the wrong the wrong person. I believe so. I am sure she has more powers than that. Uh, I think she also. I think she's like Mister Fantastic in the stretchy powers, but I think she can do more with her stretchiness. I'm not a hundred percent. Okay, we'll have to. I think it says here that she has shape shifting stretchy powers too. Which hey hey that that could be fun. Yeah, she's like Stretch Armstrong. So then there's Hawkeye. Um, so good for you mr renner for finding some work yeah i Um, I know right even though i think that whole show is just supposed to be like a passing of the torch to his daughter it is yeah um which i don't know anything about her so i think it's kate bishop not his daughter right you're asking the wrong (laughs) (laughs) i have no our our, limited our nerd cred (laughs) it's slipping i have a i have a very limited like like early 90s marvel is what i was into and after anything up past that i'm just like uh you know it was just my luck that happened to include the thanos stuff right because yeah. i'm like i came out of the first three phases like looking like a million bucks and now i'm just like i don't know what the fuck's gonna happen now it's like i don't i don't know yeah um moon knight with oscar isaac yes uh that'll be exciting that'll be uh, sick. she-hawk with um tatiana maslany, uh, tatiana maslany. yeah that was That'd a weird good. one because like, they were like, oh, Tatiana Maslany's going to be, you know, in She-Hulk. And then it was like, no, she's not. But she is. And then she was like, no, I'm not. And then like the next day it was like, oh, she is. And it's like, okay, one of you needs to get your story straight on this one. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Her, she was formerly an orphan black, which was like that sci-fi show that everybody talked about for like the first season. And then by the time the second season came around, everyone was like, yeah, it's no good. Yeah. No I want, uh, I watched like four seasons of that show and it definitely lost the plot after a little bit, but that first season is some excellent TV. The first season was great. Yeah. I did. I did lose interest in the second season as well. A lot of people did. Yeah. Uh, 
then there's the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which will just be fun, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, Secret Invasion, which I'm told is about the scrolls yep. infiltrating humanity and all that. Yep. Um, Ironheart, which uh, I guess that's a what is it? What the hell is Ironheart about? So Ironheart. Does anybody know? Ironheart is a character that they came up with a few years ago. I think Tony Stark was dead or otherwise incapacitated, as he tends to be every decade or so. Uh, and a young a young woman drunk in a ditch somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and a young woman took over the Iron Heart mantle. The Iron Man mantle. She had her own Iron Man suit called Iron Heart. I believe that is what happened there. Okay, cool. That sounds fun. Um, then there's Armor Wars, which uh, is like an, uh, a war machine focused uh, thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be just more of like, oh, some bad guy got some a hold of some Stark tech, and you know, it's up to Rhodey to take care of that. I just. I just feel bad for Terrence Howard. Do you, know? do you though? Do you? No, I don't. I don't. Because he was on Empire. He was fine. But he's probably sitting there. Every time one of these comes out, he's like, me motherfuckers. I could have been me. That could have been me. But Don Cheadle's great. Don Cheadle is Don great. Cheadle. Yeah, everyone likes Don Cheadle. I, oh. You know what, Terrence Howard? Don't ask for more money than Robert Downey Jr. next time. Pro tip. Right. Like, that was... Yeah, that's a little... Hmm. Uh, and then the last one, it just says Untitled Wakandan ser- Wakanda Series. So that'll be neat, you know, to expand the world of Wakanda and everything. I think there's a lot of potential for stories there. Right. So, so, that, so that ends the uh, the Marvel wrap-up. So that's what we got to look forward to. There's, there's a lot coming. Uh, yeah, this is definitely a hard flex. I know that last year probably really hurt a lot of their plans with theaters being closed and stuff like that. But it seems like they've got a lot coming down the pike. So should be good, hopefully. I mean, they, they've done a good job yeah. so far. I'm really interested to know who the villain for the next phase is. I feel like Galactus, maybe. Yeah, that's what's interesting is like there's a lot of movies I listed there, and none of them are a big team-up Yeah, movie. exactly. So I don't know if they're just trying to get away from that because they realize they can't ever top Endgame, um, or whether they're just going to get away from it for a little bit, and then maybe they'll come back to it, um, you know, it, like later on. But or maybe the Fantastic Four will be like some big event or something like that. Um, but yeah, it, it just feels weird that like they're going to go that many movies without, and now they all have to come together for a larger threat. So yeah, it feels like these characters are even more separate from each other than the Phase One, Two, and Three stuff because all that stuff came together sort of organically, and this stuff is yeah. this stuff is all over the map. Yeah, and we we do know there will be another Captain America movie with uh, you know the new Captain America and all that's that. right. That isn't so, on this which, list. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that stuff will probably happen at some point. There will, at some point there will be another Avengers movie. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. And then they'll, they'll have Spider-Man and whoever takes over the black Panther mantle and Dr. Strange. Yeah. So all that'll be fun. Yeah. And, uh, so the Falcon and the winter soldier, we should probably just touch on that real quick before we, uh, and this, what did you think of it? I liked it. I think I liked it a bit more than WandaVision. I feel like it had some better impact. The third episode dipped a bit in quality. I think a lot of people felt that way. Um, Sharon Carter was kind of a weird inclusion. I don't know why they put her in there. The Flag Smasher stuff, that got kind of very tossed aside. But all the stuff with Sam and Bucky and Zemo, that was perfect. I loved all of that. Yes. Uh, I really enjoyed Isaiah Bradley. I feel I felt like he was a super interesting character that gave a glimpse into some stuff that happened in the history of the MCU that didn't really get discussed and also like tied back into some sort of like real world things that happened as well that made it impactful. Uh, so that was 
very interesting to kind of see how his past and Sam's current journey kind of like came together. Yeah, I thought that was uh, one of the highlights of it. Um, you're right, the Sam, Bucky, Zemo stuff was the best stuff, which is the, the part you wanted it to be the best. If you're going to call it the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you better make the Falcon and the Winter Soldier really good. Um, but it felt like it wasn't very well written in terms of um, not like scene to scene, but just the overall arc of it. It was like things were picked up and then they were dropped and they were forgotten about for a couple episodes and they came back. So it was paced really strangely. Um, the the power brokers reveal and everything was a little strange. I feel like from the third um, episode, pretty much everyone was like, oh, she's the power broker. And then they waited until the last like five minutes of episode six to reveal it. And it's like, okay, we kind of are, are all figured that out. Yes. So it feels less yeah. impactful. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like we, we know, we know. Um, I thought Julia Louis-Dreyfus is going to be a fantastic addition to the MCU because she's just so funny and you never really know how she's, like, you know, what she's thinking. Um, like, is she being serious? Is she not? When she was messing with um, U.S. agent's wife or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that was the um, other thing, and I already am forgetting his name. John, right? Yeah, John, John Walker. John Walker. Um, Generic white guy name. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I thought he was great. Uh, in ter- the actor did a great job with him, mm-hmm. and I don't... A lot of people seem to think that the show, like, absolved him, and I don't think it did. I was actually impressed that the show portrayed the government as being like, you literally can't kill someone in broad daylight like that. You can't be Captain America anymore. I feel like Congress today, like our Congress would be like, it was fine. It was fine. You know, we, hey, shit happens. Yeah. You know? Just like, um, you know, just, just America flexing its military muscle on foreign soil as you do. Yeah. You know, um, hey, we didn't invade them. You know? Yeah. We just, so, we just sent an extra judicial agent over there to dispense some justice. That's what people want, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so no, I thought that the show did not absolve him. It's just, I think people's expectations for like, you know, when he was like making the armor, uh, and his shield and he kind of had the crazed look, people were expecting him to come into it and being crazy, but he didn't. And like what the heroes saw was him being a good guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, his actions in the final episode were him still being a good guy, maybe trying, maybe you know, going a little too far. But he did the right thing. He saved the the hostages, and he didn't get carried away. But I don't think that absolves him of anything. I think it's just his arc is not finished yet. Yeah, definitely. It definitely seems like they're setting him up for further stuff by making him U.S. agent by the end of the show. It it the last episode did feel kind of weird because you know he did just show up and he was tossing off quips and quote Nate Lincoln and you know right, kind of acting yeah. like he didn't just get court-martialed and kicked out of the military and everything was hunky-dory that part felt a little weird to me uh but i feel like other than that he did a great job and uh i got i gotta say that wyatt russell was a, a very good sport about the harassment he got over being an actor for looking like shit in that helmet yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I thought he did a good job, uh, despite the goofy looking helmet. And he, like people were acting super weird to him in real life, but he was he was a good sport about it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I I understand what where people were coming from when they said that his how he was portrayed in the end of the show was kind of at odds with, I guess, where he ended up when he had to give up the mantle. 
Right. Yeah. It felt like there were some shortcuts uh, taken in in the character development. Like, oh, and he's just like this now. Yeah. You know? There was a but, there was a uh, lot of short. I liked the last episode. I I know that was hit and miss out there, but I I liked the last episode. It was definitely kind of weird how Sharon was shot, and Sam just left her there and then carried um, Enfys Nest back to the surface. He's like, you're you're fine, Karen. Yes. You can, yeah, you can okay. walk it off. That was Sam's like obsession with Infus Nest and like, no, you're better than that. Like, is she? I don't know. Like every time you've run into her, she's done bad shit. Like, yeah. Why do you, th- why are you so certain she's a good person? You know what I mean? Like there's really no reason for him to think that. Yeah. Now I understand like they're trying to portray him as being like the good, like the Captain America, the good thoughtful guy, whatever. But like, I just feel like we didn't see any evidence of her being that way but for him to, you know, be so like, I'm not saying he needed to kill her, but like be so intent on changing her mind. Yeah. It, uh, it just felt weird. Yeah. That, I think that's another one of those things that you can kind of chalk up to COVID. Again, this is something that apparently happened because of COVID, but you kind of have to take the final product as you get it. But apparently yes. there's a lot of character development for the Flag Smashers and uh, Carly Morgenthau, not Enfys Nest. I'm kind of riffing on the fact that she's the exact same character as she was in Solo uh, for people who think yeah. I'm getting her name wrong. Um, you know, there was supposed to be more development for her in those scenes that didn't make it into the show for whatever reason. But yeah, you're totally right. Like whenever she was on the show, she would have like five minute speech about like, oh, we're not that bad. And we need to, you know, we need to get back to the way it was. And the government can't keep kicking us around and forcing us out. And then she's like, okay, I'm just going to blow up a building with hostages in it. Cause fuck them. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, that's not very like redemptive. And I feel like the show didn't do a good job of like, until like the end until really the last episode, I was kind of like, I don't understand like the state of the world enough to understand what their issue is, um, you know, and everything. Cause like, I guess it turned out like, oh, there were no borders because, you know, these countries had all these people disappeared. So they were just letting anybody in and they're like, oh, come, you know, come work here, help rebuild our economy. And then the other people returned and they're like, well, you can't stay yeah. here now. Um, but like, I feel like the show didn't do a good job of explaining that until like the end. Yeah. Like, by the end, I understood it, but I was, like, sitting there, like, I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, I feel like a so. flashback to when everyone was snapped out to show how people were getting along, I feel like that could have gone a long way to portraying the Flag Smasher's cause. Because if you, if you did see that, like, you know, times were tough, but humanity, we came together. And by the way, having lived through 2020, when the chips are down, we will not come together, okay? <laughs> that has been proven. No, no. One of the, the things that makes me laugh the most about like um you know i love star trek but like oh when we first run into aliens it unites humanity i'm like well that's not gonna happen here no absolutely not (laughs) there will absolutely be like a faction that's like oh yes let's work with the aliens other ones like can we eat them and then the third faction who exists on tumblr you know what you know they're they're thinking that's right they want (laughs) especially if they're nine foot tall vampire women Oh, please. <laughs> the aliens are canceled. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, it's just, you know, I thought it was it was good, but uh, it could have been better. But it was not like, you know, it wasn't a waste of time. Or no, I, I definitely enjoyed it. The action, the action scenes were also very good. That was, like that was movie quality action, which I was very impressed with. Yes, it was really cool to see that. Like just, oh, just right here on my couch. Okay uh cool so yeah i guess i guess that's like our our mcu hour that was actually a pretty pretty lengthy discussion uh but it was good like it's good to talk about the mcu because i don't don't think we even back when we were doing the gamer sushi show we never really got a chance to 
talk about it because the MCU was like kind of in its mid stage when we were doing that show, right? Yeah, and we mainly focused on, on, on games. games on that podcast. But as you've seen here, anything, anything goes. Anything goes, yeah, exactly. So uh, speaking of anything goes, we kind of alluded to this earlier, but one one thing that we're going to do is uh, occasionally when something comes up that one one of us is super into something that the other person has no clue about, we're going to take a few minutes just to kind of uh, break that down for the other person, kind of get the reaction as an outsider. Um, so for example, for me, that could be something like, you know, Warhammer 40,000, or Destiny, um, and for Anthony, that could be wrestling, as he said earlier, or Star Wars Twitter. Uh, that one should be fun. I'm always interested in Star Wars Twitter drama because. Uh, oh, there's lots. I'll just here's here's a real quick yeah. one. Um, the Bad Batch first episode. Uh, well, there's two episodes out now, but the first one when it came out, it. Um, some people use the term retcon, but I don't think it's a retcon because, just in my personal definition of what a retcon is, it doesn't like retroactively change it's like this totally obliterated <laughs> the what happened um but in the first episode uh the master jedi master depa bilaba sure uh, that sounds star wars uh her apprentice caleb i believe who becomes kanan from star wars right. rebels uh it shows when order 66 happened and she is killed and he goes on the run but there's already a comic book that portrays that whole thing and it's different i believe it still takes place on the same planet but there's some other characters like the bad batch is not right. there there's some other clone characters that end up chasing kanan around for a while and all that um and so they just decided to hey we're just going to redo that our own way and it made some people uh upset because you know they thought this would be a more cohesive you know canon and everything but um so there's there's some fireworks going on over that. So, so here, here's my thing about that is, number one, if they had shown how Kanan escaped Order 66 on Rebels and then they went and changed that on Bad Batch, I feel like that would be a legitimate retcon, right? right. Number two, I didn't ha I had no idea that there was Kanan comics or that this Padawan was supposed to be Kanan. I was completely oblivious to that until later. So I feel like for the majority of the people who watch this, it's like they would have no idea. To me, it was just a yeah, Padawan. It's... Like, And also, I did, like, that was Freddie Prince Jr., but, like, voice modulated to sound like a kid. Very weird. Yeah, that, w that was a little odd. Yeah, I would not have picked up on the fact that it was Kanan unless, if it wasn't for the fact that everybody was talking about it before, like, it even happened. Um, but my take on it is, um, I don't care. Like, yeah, that's the, a good take. The, I feel like I don't care is always the correct take. Yeah. Uh, the, the big thing is that his master dies and he goes on the run that stays the same. Like any other little details don't really matter. Um, yeah. Like the fact that he talks to Hunter for two minutes, like that doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't think he's going to come back. Yeah, I, we're not going to see him again in this. And um, what happened in those other comics, I don't even really remember. So it's hard to get mad about like continuity errors that I don't recall until someone on Twitter tells me that they happened. Because I just I'm not I'm not 13 or 14 anymore. You know? <laughs> like, I just don't have the same capacity to remember these things that I used to. Um, that was one of the things I remember when the prequels first came out, and I didn't instantly know the names of all the aliens and Jedi and everything like I did 
you know, when the original trilogy came out that I'd grown up with and everything mm. like that. So it didn't feel like my Star Wars. Now I know all their names. I know Yarol Poof and Yaddle and all that. But oh, so and who can forget feel... Dexter Jetster? Oh, my favorite, Elon Slezbagano. <laughs> yeah, the the classic character. Yeah, the most on the nose character name ever. Poor guy didn't even have a chance of being a good guy with a name like that. Uh, Obi Wan should have said, "You need to go home and change your name." <laughs> change your name, and yeah. I've just I'm not the same person that I was, you know, when I was younger and I cared about things like this. You know, when I read the Legends books and I could like pick up on all, oh, well, that's that's a continuity mistake because that didn't happen in this other book. You know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, I just I got bigger problems to worry about now. <laughs> yeah, no so. kidding. Like I feel I feel like Legend the Legend stuff was really good about being canonical for the most part. I can't remember too many conflicts in oh, that. Oh no, it but... was it was it was awful. It was awful. Oh, was it? Okay. Oh yeah, no, it was. There was a tons, tons of things. So that's why it's like, it's not new. I mean, look at it this way. It, Star Wars, Star Wars: A New Hope, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, Star Wars Special Edition. Which one is canon? You know what um, I mean? That's that's just the title. Think about whichever, all the changes. Whichever one has McClunky in it, that's canon. The the mo- okay, so that's the most recent one. Um, Release the McClunky oh, cut. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So that's the thing is like the actual movies themselves have changed so many times with every single release, it feels like. So it's just not something like this is just the nature of Star Wars. It's not something that, you know, is new and it's not something that I can really be bothered with anymore. So, yeah, it's just it's a super weird thing to get upset about because you're right. Like nothing fundamentally changes. Yeah. About the the overarching story. Exactly. The the basic story beats are the same. Yeah. But it's time for you to talk about your thing. Right. So, the, okay, so perhaps unsurprisingly to, to some people who might be listening, uh, I've been playing Destiny 2. Uh, I play with a, a regular clan, a great group of guys. We've done a lot of raids. We did day one Deepstone Crypt. We're going to do day one Vog. So, you know, needless to say, I'm enjoying my time with the game. Uh, I think the, on the last Gamer Sushi show I did, I was I was very much against Destiny 2 uh, Vanilla. I maintain that position, but they have changed a lot about the game. Uh, Anthony and, has not played since Vanilla. Uh, no, I was very much into Destiny 2 when it first came out. I did the first raid, and then um, basically our group of friends they just wasn't they weren't going to keep up with it, and you know. I could have kept playing, but it was going to be just a pain in the ass to find strangers to raid with all the time, and I wasn't going to mm-hmm. do that. Um, so I just sort of quit, and uh, I, I tried to... Okay, when I got a PS5, I re-downloaded Destiny on the PS5 just to be like, ooh, load times. And uh, I tried to play it, and like I couldn't even figure out like how to like select weapons or like... <laughs> like I just totally <laughs> forgot how to play it. You're like um, Gandalf and Moria. You're like, I have no memory of this place. Yeah, so I'm... I, I, played a shit ton of destiny and destiny 2 but i got out at some point and i'm staying out so mitch is going to i understand there's a new currency or something like that so let me ask you do you know what armor transmog is it's like a system have you heard that Um, term before i think so is that where like you transform your armor into something more powerful uh sort of so i guess i guess just as an overview and for anyone else who isn't familiar with the term armor transmog is kind of like a mmo term where basically you take whatever current piece of gear you have on and then all the gear that you've collected across the game you can make your current gear look like any of those so if you picked up a chess piece in like you know an expansion from like three years ago that you thought was sweet you can make your current armor set look like that 
So it's basically just okay, a customization so, option. Right. So it's like I like the power that I have, but I want to make it look like something that co looks cooler. Yeah, exactly. That I, that I previously had. Okay, yeah. No, yeah, so a lot a lot of MMOs have this, and you know they handle it in various ways. So uh, Destiny doesn't really have something like this. They have ornaments that you can buy through their microtransaction store that you can put on um, your armor, but all the other gear in the game, you either have to equip that piece or you can't look like that. So ornaments, you can look like it. Every other piece of gear, you have to put that piece of gear on to look like that. Um, so next season... It, which is coming out next week they're going to be introducing armor synthesis which is their version of armor transmog and anthony i'm going to read to you the process of turning one piece of armor from your collections into an ornament that you can wear and i want you to tell me what you think of the system okay okay so this is one piece let's say you're going to do a helmet because let's say you're going to do a helmet. the coolest looking thing all right right so um here's a quick list of steps that players will take to convert their armor appearance into universal armor ornaments Defeat enemies to earn Synth Strand. Spend Synth Strand on bounties to earn Synth Cord. Convert Synth Cord at the loom in the tower into Synth Weave. Use Synth Weave to convert an unlocked armor appearance, legendary quality or lower, from collections into a universal armor ornament. To start, players will begin earning Synth Strand by defeating enemies in Destiny 2. After earning 150 Synth Strand, players may visit Ada 1 in the tower to acquire class-specific bounties, which will reward Synth Cord. So what do you think about that? Um, I'm just surprised they didn't go with Synth Nanofibers as an extra step. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's kind of my thing about this. I'm just like, that is like, that is like three steps that too is many. A, that is a lot of steps. Right. To, okay. So you kill. You just play the game. You kill enemies. You get these things. You get yeah. enough of these things. You take it to this lady, who then gives you bounties, and you got to go do the bounties to then get these other things. And once you get those other things, then you can do it. Right? That's it. Is that yeah. correct? Okay. That, that's for one piece of armor, and you can do that ten times a season. That is fucking stupid. I know, right? So <laughs> that is literally just designed to make you keep playing the game. Here's the thing, though. You can spend silver, which is the in-game microtransaction currency, as much as you want to do it as much as oh. you want. Mm. So you can either can you... engage in this long-ass grind, or you can or pay bungee money. money directly. Yeah. Okay. And so by paying money directly, does that what, what does that speed up the whole process, or you, can you just skip the whole process? You can skip the whole process, and you can do it as many okay. times as you want. All right. How much silver? Like, can you give me a monetary value of how much it would take to change one piece of armor? I don't believe that they have disclosed that information yet okay all right all right oh here um, we go so synthweave template is 300 silver for one token i think i think that's like three dollars and then okay, a synthweave template bundle is ten dollars which is five tokens so basically for ten for ten dollars you can do five armor transformations okay, without so, the girl so for ten dollars you could do your whole body basically yeah yeah all right for ten dollars that's i would rather pay the ten dollars to do all that shit <laughs> yeah i, I know it, right i guess it depends on like how often the enemies drop the the nanofiber i know the, the, the strands um and i guess it depends on how tough the bounties are but i would probably just be like you know what ten bucks i'll do like because you're not going to change it too many times no you know um like that's the thing like yeah like that's the thing yeah. i maybe want to transmog like two 
or three pieces of armor. Like I'm not, but people are, people are like, I want to transform my whole, you know, my whole inventory into armor ornaments and like Bungie is, won't let me because I can only do it 10 times a season. It's like, okay, you're, you're probably an insane person if you want to do that. Number one, yes. either if you want to pay or if you want to grind both ways, you're crazy because there are like hundreds of pieces of armor in that game per class. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people have multiple characters. They got to do it for every character, and yeah, that's just um, no, no thanks. Once again, glad I'm glad I'm. You, I've played so many games since I don't play Destiny. Yeah, uh, like, any of these like, live service games, yeah, they're kind of just like that. That, that like, needs to be your main game, or you need to not play just it. Want you to spend your time playing their game. Uh, you know, it's like, hey, hey, give me. Can I? Can I take a break? Can I go? No, you can't. Yeah, you got you got to play us. You're playing us, or you're not playing anything at all. It's 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 weird. The thing about the system is, it's like it's like three steps too complicated. If it was like, if you wanted to make it a grind, just be like, okay, go out, either either do the bounty or kill the guys, and do enough of that, and you get the thing that you need to make the token, and then right. just make that grind as yeah, long exactly. like you either as the other three steps is, you if you want, right? Just make it one you get step. To change your armor, or you get the bounties, and then you go do the bounties, and then you change the thing. You get the things to change your armor after doing the bounties. But to do the thing, to get the thing to do the bounties, yeah. Yeah, and Destiny bounties are just like kill guys, yeah, but in like, different ways. So it's just like just make them do that. If you kill, if you kill a thousand fallen, and yeah, you have like, to kill a thousand fallen with a sidearm, just make them do that. Okay, well, let me go do this now. I get a nano strand. Like, why is there a nano strand or a, 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 a is it what is it called nano? Fibers, nanostrand? Synth, synth cord. The, it's synth strand into synth cord into synth weave. Why are there synth fibers in, in Orox's balls? Okay, that's what I'm asking you. He, he was actually on his own grind to make his own armor ornament, so you actually just stole that from him. You you completely ruined his progress. Okay, well. Okay. That, that, makes you, <laughs> that makes you the okay, villain. Okay, I'm Googling a baby fallen right now because you mentioned them earlier. And, okay, <laughs> that is pretty fucking cute. But it's only cute because it's got, like, big eyes. Like that's yeah, the secret. It's, just it's big eyes and it's something like big eyes and a hoodie, and it looks cute. It's it actually looks like Baby Yoda. Yeah, it's got exactly. It's got big eyes. It's in like a little swaddle, so it looks helpless. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it like the swaddle, and like there's a fallen or something like holding three of them, whatever. No, this is definitely like, hey guys, we should definitely get some of that Grogu money. Like these. Oh, you wanna these, you want you wanna you wanna see how they're getting the Grogu money? Here, take a look. Take a look at this. You know that they had oh. this locked and loaded when they announced it. Oh yeah, this is. I'm looking at a little plush here right now, and then uh, yep, they are definitely. These people have seen the Mandalorian, and they have taken the wrong lessons. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I guess for context, I uh, put a link in our in our discussion to the Destiny Two Fallen Baby Plush, which is coming soon on the Bungie Store. Uh, you know what? Don't let people that tell you that capitalism does not breed innovation because Bungie has it, man. Yes. They are they are doing well, it. It even says here, you've already fallen in love with these adorable snuggle bugs. Now bring one home. Oh, in, in case people couldn't tell, I'm being sarcastic. I hate capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> it's ruining everything. Oh. Oh. That being said, if there are ever any ads on these podcasts, please go to those affiliate links. <laughs> I, I also spent like half the podcast being a Marvel shill. Uh, I participate in society and yet I critique it. Yeah. So, you know, who am I to say anything? Um, but yeah, I mean, so I don't know. Like Bungie, as always, finds the most complicated way to do anything. And I'm sure in like two seasons, they'll figure this out. Like that's what that's what working on a live game is. I have some experience in that area. Uh, and you, you kind of have to make up the solutions as you go. Your first solution is never going to be right. 
but you kind of just have to put it out there and see what happens. But I cannot believe that somebody typed up that whole synth chord weave strand thing and thought, this is good. We should go with this. Yeah. Like how that made it out of the, the pitch session, I have no idea. Unless, of course, the directive was like, make the grind super long so that people would prefer to spend silver. In which case, mission accomplished. I, I bet it was like, this. This is we've got a great solution for it. Okay, make it shitty, and then we'll see if they accept it. And if they get pissed, we'll go with the good one. And then we'll be like, oh, we've we, yeah, exactly. we've heard you. Though that that those magical words, we've we're listening. We've heard you, and we're, we're going to yeah. fix it by doing the thing we should have done in the first place. We're listening, TM. Yeah. So yeah. So I guess if you dropped out of Destiny, uh, be glad you're free. Yes, my character you don't have will to remain beautiful but weak because I haven't been there in a long time. <laughs> and that—that—that's the way you should that's live. That's right. Beautiful but weak. Beautiful but weak. So I guess on that note, that is the first episode of Perfectly Balanced. Yeah, that was a—that uh, was fun. Uh, we should definitely do it again uh, soon when we have more to talk about. We hope that you have enjoyed listening. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Edgewalker81. Uh, you cannot follow me on Twitter. Uh, I only use it to respond to Anthony. And now that we're doing a podcast together, I might not even do that. So yes, uh, I don't have any social media. So <laughs> not a not a not a fan. So no, but I'm on there but, constantly. So please come come join me. Yeah, Anthony join tweets the... enough for both of us. Actually, uh, he also makes fun of um, he makes fun of Star Wars. He makes fun of wrestling. He makes fun of the Snyderverse. Uh, yes. all worthy targets. Yes. I, uh, I hate lots of things, but I love them even more than I hate them. He hates and loves in equal measure. That's right. Uh, yeah. Once again, once again, thanks to, uh, Julian Michaud for, uh, making our excellent theme music for us. Uh, and I guess we'll see y'all next time. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.